Welcome to the Better Than Healthy podcast, where I help you go beyond the numbers and rules you were taught about health to create the results that you really want, feeling better, consistently taking care of yourself, and loving yourself more. I'm your host, Ashley Brathman. Let's dive in. Hello, hello. Welcome to episode 17 of the Better Than Healthy podcast. I am excited for this one. It's so prevalent to so many conversations, especially this time of year, because this episode's going to release between Christmas and New Year's. And New Year is such, it is a season of New Year's resolutions, changing habits, creating the life you want, looking forward to the next year and a new start. And we often do this from the place of wanting to make that change, to make improvements in our life. But the way we go about it in the way we are taught to go about it doesn't usually help us. And that's why there's so many jokes about all the news resolutions starting in January and then stopping by February because we aren't really taught how to sustainably change behaviors. So often we set these big goals for what we're going to accomplish and I'm all for big goals, but we can use that against ourselves and end up making the jokes about the new year's resolutions not lasting very long and how it's just a running joke about like, oh, say we're going to change and we never do and doesn't really lead us to what we want to create because usually we do it because there's something that we see in our life that we want. So I want to help you create that because I am all for making changes that help you feel better, healthier, more energized and more of the life that you want. And that may not always come across because I'm always going against a lot of the traditional ways to do that. But I am really, truly all for deciding different ways that will make you feel healthier, which make you feel better. And I know this is called Better Than Healthy because I do want to inspire you to take it beyond just the healthy idea because so often healthy has this image in our head of what it has to look like. And sometimes we are sacrificing our happiness or experience of joy in the pursuit of healthy. And we want to make sure we're taking that more full encompassing life that we want to create. Because a lot of people, I don't want to speak for everybody, but I see most people wanting multi- multiple dimensions to their life. Like they don't just want work or just want social life or don't want just one thing because we can get bored and we can want growth and we can want goals and that's a beautiful thing. But we don't want to use that process against ourselves. And my goal is to really help guide you into making that sustainable ways in just the ones that you want to address for yourself and in a way that feels good. And I mean feels good overall because not all moments of change or even just not even change but doing normal habits and just living your normal life are going to feel good and that's completely normal because I really don't believe that we're supposed to feel good all of the time because we have both sides of life where some of it's more uncomfortable or negative and some of it's more positive and comfortable. But we want to do it from a place that feels more nurturing because I really look at it as change that really does feel supportive and nurturing and for good versus change that feels belittling. And that's the change where it's like trying to do it because you're not good enough as you are. You need to be better. And that just makes you feel worse about yourself versus doing things that are supportive of yourself. Like for example, it's having a bit of an off day today. I don't know if it's from change in sleep or I don't really drink that often anymore. I still do like beer and wine and different alcoholic drinks. I did have a couple glasses of wine yesterday for the holiday and I don't know if it was those two glasses of red wine or sleep or where my hormones at. I don't know. I was feeling really tired and just really unmotivated today and I had been on the couch a little bit afterward and was trying trying to figure out what I wanted because I wanted to see what would be most supportive of my body and I decided to do a short workout not because I wanted to work out but because that kind of 
felt like what my body needed and I did take it light more of like a walking speed and I feel so much better after that I didn't want to do it in the moment I didn't want to do it while I was doing it but I was thinking about myself overall and so even though I didn't want to do it and didn't feel comfortable it felt very nurturing because I could tell it was for my body. It wasn't against my body. And that's what so often in change, we're doing things against ourselves. So especially with workouts, it can be like doing it as punishment for eating food. And it may not be like, I'm doing this to punch, punish myself. It may more sound like, oh, I ate a lot of food this week and I have to get this workout in and like doing it in a way that doesn't feel very good. I don't necessarily mean like, oh, it is for sure compensating, but just as doing it in a way of like, I need to get this in versus I'm doing this for myself. And if that had been, and if my, like when I checked in with myself, it would have been like, you know, I think what I really need is just to rest. Then I would have gone with that, but I could tell kind of what my body needed. And that's kind of the place where I'm talking about getting into those habits from is that place of really really nurturing and taking care of yourself because from there any habit is more sustainable than when it's coming from that place of feeling kind of belittling and almost punishing and where it's from a not enoughness place where you're trying to be better from a place of like thinking you're not good enough as you are. So when most of us try to make a change we usually look towards one like the thing that we want to change. So just as a random example like if it's wanting to change doing the dishes more often so it's not there it's like if we have a disorganized part of our house or something that's not clean or or even like wanting to work out more any of those habits we look at the thing I guess the working out more is actually more of the behavior it's not the result and the thing maybe the, the result there would be more of being able to run a certain distance or lift a certain amount of weights but then the second part that we look at is like the behavior or the action that we are taking so if that's like watching tv instead of doing dishes or the workout would go there but usually those are the two things that people end up looking is the action and the goal or the result is like usually we look at the end result or the current one that we have that we want to change and then the behaviors that we're doing and then we create plans that focus on changing those actions and we're told different things like it takes 21 days to change a habit for like something we're doing to truly become a habit of ours and we often believe that if we like grit through it and kind of white knuckle it long enough and use willpower and just disciplined then eventually that thing just becomes the habit like you just do it long enough and then it just becomes a normal thing to do but if that's truly all it took then anybody who did something for the 21 days did something for that time period and did it long enough would just naturally have that as their new habit but that's not what we see sometimes we can do things for months or even a year and then slowly slip back into the old habit so why does that happen if it just takes 21 days to do a habit or whatever number it is well it's because it's not just the actions and behaviors that we're taking that create what we have and what we do really the most important part is how we see ourselves or our self-identity our self-image whatever you want to call it but how we see ourselves drives the things that we could do consistently because how you see yourself creates the expectations that you have for yourself and what you expect of yourself is what you're going to do consistently so when I work with somebody who's been or tell me about times where they were able to consistently exercise for six months but then they just went back to do it and they've never been an exerciser so they were impressed they even stuck with it that long you see in there the expectation the way they see themselves is that they are not an exerciser so the expectation is that they are 
aren't going to stick with an exercise program and then that leads to them not sticking with an exercise program versus let's just take it to the extreme like a marathon runner they see themselves as a runner and someone who runs consistently and runs long distances so they expect themselves to run and then they run and you can see how that pattern plays out of that expectations that we have for self will create that and I know the marathon runner is more of an extreme version of the exercise size it's not as casual of exercising more gentle movement but you can see the how it works there because someone who does run marathons naturally sees themselves as somebody who just runs and then there's not as much fight about it within themselves of they're not butting up against this belief of like oh I'm not somebody who runs so it's easier for them to run consistently because there's not that mindset work behind it I mean there still is work to do there it's not saying it's easy for them but they're not butting up against the belief of I'm not an exerciser let me use a non-health example for a little bit so I considered myself for a very long time to be a procrastinator and I really relied on the deadline for me to get things done. So like anytime going through school, like if the paper was due on the 26th at 11.59, I was probably starting it at like five o'clock on that day. And then sometimes I would set the goal of like, oh, I'm going to do this like two weeks ahead of time. And I would sit down to do it and be like, oh, I don't really have to do this right now. I can never focus when I try to do it early. I really have to like, oh, I only have motivation at the end. It'll be easier for me to do it if I just wait. And oh, I always procrastinate anyways. It'll be fine. I, I always get it done. I don't need to do it right now. And then I wouldn't do it. And part of that was me believing that I was just a procrastinator. It was just the way I got things done. And really that worked out just fine for me going through school. But when I decided to start my own business and I was the one creating my own deadlines, I really struggled for a while because I didn't have that external pressure of the deadline to motivate me. I had to create some motivation. I had to figure out how I was going to get this stuff done. But it really struggled for a while in the beginning because I'm like, I'm a procrastinator. I just can't focus. I just can't get it done. I would tell myself like, oh, I don't really have to do this right now. And it was true. I didn't have to do it. It was just something I was creating for my own business. And it's like, oh, no one will know if I don't get it done right now. No one knows I set this deadline. <laughs> and of course, with all that chatter that was going on in my brain, I would end up looking at my phone. I would go watch TV. I would play a game, sometimes do something productive, like clean something around the house. But I wouldn't get the thing that I wanted to do done because my expectation for myself was that I was going to procrastinate and not get it done. So then I would procrastinate and not get it done. It really is so true that we are all self-fulfilling prophecy. What we expect of ourselves is what we end up doing. And at first, what I tried to do was I tried to implement different time management systems, all the different tricks, like the tomato timer, all these different things to try to get me to work within that time frame. And sometimes it helped me focus for a little bit, but most of the time I'd end up procrastinating because that was my identity and how I believed in myself to be. And I just really truly thought for a long time that that was just how I operated. Which brings me to the willingness to see things as changeable because I didn't have to change that belief about myself. I did change it because I didn't like the experience I was having of procrastinating and there were things that I wanted to get done that I wasn't doing because of this identity that I had. But if I, and it took a long time for me to change that belief about my identity and to work through the different thoughts and different expectations that I had for myself around that and find new ways to think about myself and believe about myself after so long of practicing that. But the first step was truly believing that that was something that could change because if we, if I didn't see that 
debt as something that could change about myself, then I would just always be a procrastinator. It would just be truth about who I was versus an optional way I was seeing myself. So the first step of changing that was that seeing it as like, oh, this is just the way I've been seeing myself, but it's not an inherent part of who I am. That it's the way I've done things, but it's not the way I have to do things in the future. We really truly have to be careful with any I am statements that we say about ourselves because anytime it's like, I am a procrastinator, we are claiming that as part of who we are. And we want to make sure that if we're claiming something as part of who we are, that it's something that we want it to be. Because I truly believe that we can change anything about ourselves that we want to. I do think there are some things about us that flow more naturally with us and are more so part of who we are. But I also believe all those things could change too. It just, there's deeper thoughts and like more work to change. And it's just deciding if that's something that's worthwhile changing for you. Because the alternative is, if you just believe all those things are just part of who you are even if it's something that you don't like or you wish you could change, then that's just the way it's going to be and you're kind of just like stuck with something that you don't like. So that's why I choose to believe that they are changeable because I like what happens with that better and I have experienced most of those things as being changeable, whether it has been my relationship with food or exercise or time in procrastinating. I have seen so many things where I thought this was just like how I did it, like thinking there was no hope for me with it almost and like, oh, this is just the way it's going to be to actually seeing change there because how we claim that identity will impact how it is for us and how our habits go and our actions go and how easy it will be to continue the actions that we want to be taking and like create what we want. It's like the subtle difference of if you've ever seen that picture with two people being offered a cigarette and one of them saying that oh I'm trying to quit versus I don't smoke and that's like the subtle difference of like I'm trying not to be a person who smokes and I'm like I'm you know trying not to smoke versus I'm not a smoker it's a very different approach like it's subtle but it makes all of the difference of how we are identifying ourselves with what we want to be creating. Which brings me to how we can apply this to our relationship with food and our body. Because one of the biggest identities and stories that I see within the people that I work with is the story of, I've always struggled with my weight. My weight has been a lifelong struggle for me. I Any aversion of like, this is my lifelong struggle and going into and going back and bringing up all the evidence of like, oh, when I was a kid, this thing happened and this thing happened and like, oh, I've always been, I've tried all these different diets. I've been working on this for 20 years. All of those different things, while that might be true, aren't really serving us. When we believe that we've had this lifelong struggle with weight, it continues to be the lifelong struggle that we experience. Because as long as you keep telling the story of my lifelong struggle is weight or however it sounds for you, and if it's not weight that's like your lifelong struggle you can apply this to whatever it is is as long as that's our story like it's going to continue to be our struggle because we're identifying with that struggle so strongly and we can do that and we want to process that and feel that but we also want to be thinking about if we want to not be struggling with that in the future of like what would that version or like picture somebody else who doesn't struggle with their weight or picture someone who you think probably wouldn't or even just imagine what that would be like is what do you think that person spends their time thinking about 
about. What do you think that person spends their time doing? Because most likely, if someone is living their life without a lifelong struggle with weight, they're probably not thinking about their weight very often. They're probably not thinking about how hard it is or how it is something they've always struggled with because if they're not identifying as somebody who struggled with that their entire life, they're not spending their time focused on that. And when you believe that is your lifelong struggle, it's really challenging to move away from that. So even if you come into habits that have you feeling more peaceful around food, when you're constantly like repeating the habit of struggling with weight, it's easy for those things to come back up and it's easy to focus in on those things because you're used to focusing on them because thoughts are habits. Or if we apply it back to the exercise place, I have a lot of people who've told me I want to exercise more, but I've never been an exerciser. And it's that belief and identity of I've never been an exerciser that sometimes when they even exercise consistently for a long time, they have a hard time becoming someone who exercises consistently because they believe I've never been an exerciser. So it's easier to go back to not exercising because it's a habit and an expectation. And part of that is we become very comfortable with a familiar struggle and a familiar discomfort than we are with a new discomfort because that's just like part of our brain is familiar feels more safe than the unfamiliar and we have to teach our brain that it's safe to be in the place that we want to be by exposing ourselves to it and allowing that discomfort to be there and to continue to practice both the identity of how we want to see ourselves the expectations we want to have for ourselves and the habits that we want to have because here's the thing with intuitive eating food freedom health at every size all of that depending on where we are starting in the journey and the habits that we had before bringing into it some people gain some weight some people lose some weight some people maintain the same weight. It just really depends on the starting point and kind of those habits before of like if there was emotional eating and binge eating or a lot of restricting right before. It just, our body's going to respond in different ways and it can take time for our body to settle out afterwards. So different things can happen. And weight too is one of those things that we never have full control over because things like medications, things like our hormones, our genetics, our sleep, our stress levels, our food, our exercise, um, and even other factors. All those things play a major role into how our body is. And when we focus so much on one factor, it can increase our stress levels. I know I used to be so stressed about my health all of the time and that impacted my sleep, it impacted anxiety, it impacted so much of my life that was increasing my stress levels, which was detracting from my health. Because I used to get a lot more colds when I was so focused on trying to be healthy, which was probably a combination of stress levels and not getting enough sleep and exercising weird ways and food too, I'm sure, different combination, but I get a lot less colds now than I did before, which is just to say the impact that stress can have on our bodies and how, why I focus on going beyond just the pursuit of healthiness because we can sometimes use those standards against ourselves and detract from our health, which is why focusing on that more holistic and whole body approach to pay attention to our body is more important than trying to like belittle ourselves into a certain set of habits every single day. So when we're talking about breaking up with those old identities, like for this one being the lifelong struggle with weight, it comes to the willingness to see it all as more neutral, to see it all as being a story we're telling yourself. Because even this one where you might be thinking that 
but I have all these different examples of how I've struggled with my weight and it's just a part of who I've always been. It's just something I've always dealt with and there may and there likely is truth to that. But if you're willing to see it as a story and something that you've been experiencing and partially because of the way you're seeing it, then you have more control over it. And that's what I want to encourage and help you produce by calling it a story and creating some separation from it by labeling it that way because then you get that little bit of separation of like, oh, this isn't just something that's happening to me and I can control it more than I think I can. Even though I was just telling you you can't control your weight, you can control your experience so much more by changing how you're reading the story and so how the story you're telling. Because with any story, you can tell it in multiple ways because it could be about your resilience, your commitment to taking care of yourself. It could be written in a different way that isn't a struggle because when we're writing it as a struggle, we're then creating an expectation that it's something that we're always going to continue to struggle with. And you don't have to change that belief. You can continue to believe that if you want to. You have full permission. Not that you need my permission to believe whatever you want to believe. But what I want to encourage is that if you're willing, if you see it that way, you're welcome to be right about it. And you will be right about it. If you believe it's going to be your struggle, then it will continue to be your struggle. But if you're willing to feel uncomfortable considering that it doesn't have to be that way, that's not just a part of who you are, then you have more ability to change it. Because we can't change things that we don't think are changeable. It's just like I've worked with someone before who believes that they weren't an exerciser and we started with just like, just walk to the end of your driveway and just be like, I'm someone who goes outside and walks every single day. And even though it's just this small amount, like yes, your brain's gonna probably throw chatter at you being saying it's not enough or it's not long enough, that doesn't count as exercise, all those things. But if you're like, I'm a walker, I'm someone who walks every day. I'm someone who exercises every single day, even if it's for a minute, 60 seconds, five minutes, wherever you want to put it. You can do that and start identifying with that of like, oh, I'm a somebody who does this. I am an exerciser or just a couple times a week. You can start changing and building that identity that aligns with what you want to create for yourself just even by doing it little ways and then zeroing your mind in to focus on that new habit, the one that you want to enforce. Because it doesn't have to take a lot of time to change a habit. It's more actually about the repetition of practicing our expectations and how we're seeing it. Because the more time your brain is like on board with, oh, I am an exercises versus the chatter of it's not enough, I never stick with it, like all of that chatter will take away from forming that habit. Whereas spending our time, even if you're just carving out a little like a minute a day of being like, I'm an exerciser, I do this, this is what I do, this is who I am, of fueling that, it's kind of like you have two different fires, like you have two campfires next to you, and then you have intentional time of like, where do you want to put the logs? Do you want to put the logs on the fire that says, I'm not good enough, it's not enough, it'll never change, this is the way it is? The more time you, obviously those thoughts are still going to come up, and they're still going to pop up because they're habits and they're going to be presented to you. But the more focus you give to them, the more logs you put on that fire, the bigger and stronger that fire is. Versus if you are in those intentional moments, putting your fire on or putting the logs onto the other fire of what you want to create, of what you want to build, of I am an exerciser. I love my body. I take care of myself. I listen to my body. I trust my body. I don't struggle with my weight. Then you'll create more of that and that fire will grow. And the other important piece is looking into that first fire of the one that you don't necessarily want to fuel but of understanding where those thoughts are and where they're coming from because 
when you understand them, it's not like you're pushing them away. You're not trying to like smother it and fight it in a way that's not productive and just kind of catching more fire. And it creates more of that understanding, which then helps you to just be with that fire, allow it to burn down, allow those thoughts to pop up as often as they need to for the fire to completely burn out while you're putting time and energy into fueling the one that you want to create. Because that's really the process of changing is allowing that instead of fighting against it and making it worse maybe, and making it worse in spending your time intentionally building the one that you want to build. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Better Than Healthy podcast. If you want to learn to trust yourself around foods, so you can stop overeating and feel more comfortable in your body. I want to invite you to join my coaching program. Come visit me at foodpeacenutrition.com to learn more.